I'm Reverend Harry Bridge. And I'm Dr. Scott Mitchell, and this is the Dharma Realm Podcast. And we're coming to you from the Kodo of the Jodo Shinshu Center in Berkeley, California. This is the Dharma Ram Podcast for September 10th, 2010, and today we begin a discussion of humanism and Buddhism. So we received a question recently uh, asking about uh, Buddhism and humanism, uh, possibly secular humanism. Uh, to me, it was kind of an interesting question because I've heard the word humanism used um, here and there. Uh, whether it was you know during grad school or elsewhere, and I always wondered, thought I really don't know what that means. So we turned to our trusty internets and looked it up, <laughs> and it looks like it can mean lots of different things. Uh, but um, I don't know. It raises some interesting questions about um, Buddhism and maybe its view on humanity would be one direction we could take it in. Uh, we could then be more specific and ask, well, what kind of Buddhism are we talking about? Are we talking about Jodo Shinshu or just kind of more general um, view of what Buddhism is, quote-unquote? Um, so that's kind of the approach we're going to take today. Um, it seems like the question was more rooted in the kind of secular humanism, right? I guess the humanities comes from humanism, that term. Like, you know, I, I was... Uh, my BA was in the humanities, right? Sociology or history or geography or whatever, right? Um, but I think this more, this secular humanism is kind of more uh, what we're going to be talking about. Which my understanding, my limited understanding, would be a kind of a worldview that uh, doesn't look to supernatural or religious um, areas for basis of existence, morality, ethics, whatever. Does that sound right to you? Sure. Okay. I don't really know anything about humanism either. Yeah. <laughs> so we're kind of teasing it out, uh, what this whole humanism thing is about at the same time. Uh, but I think, it, I think it'll make sense when we start getting into um, uh, talking about it in terms of Buddhism a little bit more. Um, it brings up issues of rationality, science, uh, scientific... Scientific rationalism. Yep. You said it better than I did. Um, right? Like, uh, is there something supernatural going on in Buddhism? Uh, or is it a rational religion? Right? And of course, well, maybe not of course, but um, I think we can certainly see it has been portrayed as a kind of a rational realism, religion, the kind of alternative to Christianity uh, it, during the, what, a couple of centuries ago, mm -hmm. right, when Buddhism was, um, quote unquote, discovered by Europe. Uh, and uh, and even today. Yeah, and that continues. That's a definitely a strong stream of the way that uh, Buddhism is portrayed is as not supernatural, right? Not superstitious, uh, just rational, scientific. Uh, whether you believe that or not, <laughs> that, that that's what Buddhism is, is a whole other question. Yeah, let, let's bracket that for a minute. Yeah, let, yeah, yeah. Let's, we'll, come, we'll, we'll let's come back, come back, to, back that. to that. Yeah. Because um, I think that one of the things we were thinking about before was the question of what humanism seems to have to do with humanity or with taking a human-centric position. 
And that's right, not quite right. right. That's but, another, but but yeah. a, a human-centered perspective on the world. Not to say that humans are the best things in the universe, but we have a, a um, one thing I read said something about. Uh, special responsibility that humanity has toward the world because our actions have certain consequences. So there's a, a question about what uh, humanity means, about what it means to be humans to begin with and, and the implications of that. And I think Buddhism has a, a lot to say about what it means to be human and the place of humanity in uh, the cosmos, in the world, in whatever uh, cosmology you want to, to talk about. So we could, we could start there too and also talk about what it means to be human in Buddhism, which is a whole fertile field of stuff. Right, right. So what is the Buddhist view of humanity? I would say, first of all, that there isn't just one, that, right. um, but that we can find uh, Buddhism, different kinds of Buddhism, uh, making very interesting, uh, saying very interesting things uh, about what it means to be human, uh, the role of humanity and relationship to everything else, all that kind of thing. So, but... It seems to me mm-hmm. um, that in a sort of general sense, to oversimplify things, um, that Buddhism posits that human beings are just one kind of sentient being among many. Right, right. With right, our right. own particular karmic burdens, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. Um, characteristics. That are, yeah, unique to our particular right. lot in, in, in this incarnation. Mm-hmm. Um, but... It, it seems like one way to view that is to say, well, there's lots of different kinds of sentient beings. Human beings are just one of them, so don't get hung up too much on the uniqueness of human of, of being human, except that it also seems very clear that most Buddhisms will say that of all the things to be born as, your sort of most, uh, your best chance at becoming awakened, or your sort of, the, the best you can hope for is to become human. That's like your best shot at, at working toward enlightenment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's this weird, like, kind of special but not really or kind of the same as everything else but a little bit special mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In, the, in, the, in the grand scheme of things right 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 it's interesting i mean in one sense of course it's humanocentric sure we don't have sutras written by animals we don't have um you know don't have access to like the ashura um transmissions of you know what they're thinking about buddhism right i mean in in one sense i think if we look at it kind of quote-unquote objectively that yeah it's totally human it's totally about uh, being human. But I think that aspect of Buddhism, uh, of uh, the different realms and uh, different kinds of existence, and, you know, we can poo-poo reincarnation uh, and, and the, this, you know, six realms, but we can certainly see one other realm, which is animals, right? They, certainly there are other living beings uh, right. in this world uh, that are not human, and uh, their role and their um, their characteristics uh, differ probably according to different religions and different you know different um, worldviews. Uh, Buddhism often it seems like they're they're considered lower than us, but sure. not necessarily uh, less important. Right. right. That that they don't have rational thought. They're right? driven they're more by instinct. Driven by instincts and desires. Uh, but not so much that, um, and yet they are sentient beings that um, will also also deserve to be uh, liberated sure. from samsara. Yeah. The the object of compassion, yeah. Yeah. which is very different from a, a Christian perspective, mm-hmm. for example, where there's a you know historical you know in the Middle Ages there was a whole debate about whether or not uh, animals were even alive, 
or if they were just sort of like robots for human beings' use. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, a lot of modern science was based on figuring out whether or not animals had souls, and there's all sorts of, sorts of vivisection horror stories and whatnot that I've heard, mm -hmm, which are mm -hmm. kind of off topic. But it also points to right, um, right, right. The, the, the view that humanity is uh, of central importance. Supreme. Right. Um, right, right. After all, God made man in his image. So that's then everything of, else for his use. Right, which is a much different perspective on, uh, on humanity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which also seems to be different from the humanist perspective, right? Also, again, based on what I read on Wikipedia this afternoon, <laughs> right, a little bit more than that, but <laughs> um, it seems like what secular humanists are claiming is that um, you, you know humanity's purpose is not necessarily derived from a religious or supernatural source. Mm. So it's sort of a rejection of religious sources for ethics and whatnot. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm still a little fuzzy on humanity's place in a secular humanist worldview. It seems like humanity is still center. Right, right, right. Well, I think even just in the name, right? Humanism. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. We're talking about humans and uh, we don't have to record, have recourse to um, supernatural kind of things and that we're trying to figure out ethics and society and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Science. Um, as human beings and, and depending on our rational um, observation and, and um, consideration. Right. So, yeah. and, and I guess human beings place in the world, how do we fit in mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to the, you know, from the, from the secular scientific humanist point of view, it would be, how do we fit into the world based on what we know about the natural world from science, right? From mm -hmm. our observations of the world, how do we fit in um, without having recourse to religious beliefs or supernatural beliefs? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's kind of interesting because, well, if we're going to talk about the six realms in Buddhism, uh, we're kind of opening up a can of worms, uh, which may or may not bother you, depending on your outlook. Uh, but I think many, some people uh, reject the idea that Buddhism talks about reincarnation and that those six realms, um, just to remind people, human, or I guess it starts at the top with the heavenly beings and then asuras, the kind of fighting demigods, uh, and then humans, and then animals, hungry ghosts, and hell, right? That, uh, that those are actually just metaphors for spiritual kind of states. I mean, I mean uh, uh, mental, psychological. Mental, psychological, yeah. I'm sorry, not spiritual, psychological states. Uh, but I think, I think that we, um, at least myself, I, I, I feel like Buddhism has and very often does recognize these as actual um, states of existence uh, and not as merely metaphorical. Um, that in itself is somewhat mystical, this idea <laughs> of gods, right, or yeah. of hell, uh, or um, ghosts, right, seems supernatural, uh, right. superstitious right. even. Regardless of how right. you characterize it, it's certainly not based on a sort of scientific rationalist point of view of the world, which is based on observation and measurable phenomenon. We can't, uh, you know, I have no objective scientific proof that there are hungry ghosts. Right, right, right. Other than some pictures drawn in medieval Japan or right. things written down in texts, yeah. you know, that someone might claim was true, but we don't have objective scientific right, direct proof. Right. experience of that. Right. So that's one kind of interesting thing is, well, as a Buddhist, do you have to believe in reincarnation? Right. And it seems like somebody who would want to reconcile secular humanism and Buddhism, therefore, would want to reject anything that had 
the the scent of spiritual uh, supernatural aspects to it, and, and Hans would probably want to reject the six realms of rebirth, or at least reject them in a literal sense. Right, they right. might want to hold on to them in the metaphorical sense, but as you know, there's some more psychological read yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of the six realms and of reincarnation and all that. Yeah, um, and you know, I don't think there's really any. Um, that you must have a faith commitment and believe in the six realms of reincarnation. Um, you know, that's not part of Buddhism that you have to buy into a, a certain package. I think it's more uh, uh, teaching us something about uh, reality. It's teaching us something about samsara, teaching us something about existence. Uh, I was going to say the human condition, but automatically we've broken <laughs> out of the human condition, right? And uh, maybe recognizing that um, human existence is not the only thing that's important. Uh, so, but the interesting thing is that even in the supernatural, mystical version of the six realms, I think one of the things that's important about human beings is their ability to reflect. Right. It is right. their ability to reason. Right. Um, and so it's kind of interesting that that actually even even if we totally buy hook, line, and sinker, a literal view of the six realms, um, th- that you know that that ability to reflect and be aware. Right, is is very important um, aspect of being human, and maybe that's why only humans can attain Buddhahood. That doctrine, uh, that you know, an anim- you know, which is not always held upheld, uh, but uh, this kind of one of the kind of orthodox views well, that only humans debatably not always held. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, there's that famous story in, in the Lotus Sutra where the, the Naga princess, the Naga or, whatever, or yeah. dragon princess, becomes yeah. a Buddha. But and it seems clear to me that before. She becomes a Buddha. She is her body is transformed into a human body. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so there's this in, in, all you know, these like subtle subtlety. Yeah, it's yeah, like well, yeah. yes, even animals. In this case, a supernatural spiritual animal can become a Buddha. But ah, well, but first the body has to transform into I think a specifically male body, which opens mm-hmm, up mm-hmm. this whole other issue of right, gender right. And, and whatnot. Right. But that might be a subject for a different podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then there's also um, the um, kind of original Enlightenment view that you know the plants, trees, mountains, all attain Buddhahood, right? That, that actually um, the importance of the human isn't that important. So I think it's a tension in Buddhism. That's an, maybe, again, we come back to one of the things that I always see is that um, very often what seems like a cut-and-dried doctrine is actually a place of tension, right? Where there's something going on there. There's, you know, uh, that, that there's, there's this, this kind of back and forth um, yeah, yeah, at yeah. different times. Right. Uh, and so it, maybe here the importance of the human is one of those. Sure. And, but, I mean, that just makes me think about... Um, this whole idea of non-discriminative thinking, that's like part of the idea of, of working toward enlightenment. You let go of these, you know, you let go of your attachment to concepts or attachment to yourself or attachment to, you're d- dividing up the world and making judgments about it and whatnot. From that point of view, there's nothing particularly unique about being human. You know, being a human being is just a, a you know, from even from a, a rational scientific point of view, being a human being is just a collection of, you know, molecules and, and electromagnetic uh-huh. brain waves. It's like nothing from a strictly scientific point of view. Mm-hmm. It's just happenstance that we happen to be, that this collection of atoms and molecules happens to be configured the way it is. So that, you know, so from a, a sort of, you know, meta point of view, from enlightenment or scientific rationalism, who cares if you're human? Wow. <laughs> right? I mean, from that point right, of view. Right. But then we get down to, you know, sort of day-to-day living your life. And it's like, well, you can't, you know, get up in the morning and go to work thinking, oh, does it matter if it's a random collection of atoms? Or, you know. <laughs> even, <what> I do. <laughs> you know, you sort of have to live your life. And that's, I think, part of the tension is that there's mm-hmm. that tension between the sort of ultimate big truth or, you know, 
reality of, of scientific rationalism or, or enlightenment or whatever you want to call it, and then the sort of everyday day-to-life, uh, day-to-day life that you have to lead, which has all of this uncomfortable weirdness in it and, right, right. <laughs> and, and other people and mm-hmm. traffic and mm-hmm. other annoying things. And yet, I think that a lot of the insights about what it means to be human in Buddhism do bear on the day-to-day, mm-hmm. right? And that, that's part of it, that it's not only uh, doctrine, it's not only theorizing, right? But that, that theorizing actually has everything to do with how do I live my life then. And that uh, I think in many ways, Buddhism has a very, uh, well, I was going to say critical view, not, in, not criticizing, although it does criticize human beings, but, but not so much that, but, but of, of having that reflection, Critical and, self-analysis? Yeah. Why am I angry at, at the traffic? What's going on here? What, why, you know, take a step back. Well, I'm angry at traffic because other drivers are bad. Yeah, that's me too. <laughs> but I don't have to get that angry. I know. <laughs> um, but the critical self-reflection, uh, self-analysis is, is an important part of the Buddhist practice or Buddhist path. And, and all that theorizing is for the purpose of looking at your day-to-day life is what you were saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe um, maybe there it does have something, uh, well, I don't want to say in common, but, but uh, with secular humanism that uh, we're not, you know, asking some deities to grant us boons or, you know, change our lives or, or make things different or change the world, right? It's wake up. See, don't just assume that the, don't get caught up in what it is to be living the day-to-day but to be able to kind of take a step back and reflect on that uh, and learn from the Buddha's teachings uh, about how uh, when we aren't aware that we're in samsara, right? When we're not aware that we are uh, just going on automatic pilot, we are the robots maybe um, that are, you know, just kind of following some program that we're not even aware of uh, as opposed to truly living uh, more in a much more aware kind of sense, even if we're not in fully enlightened, but we can get insight, glimpses of insight, I think. So. All right. But. But. <laughs> it seems. Well, there's another. There's another question in here about uh, secular humanism or scientific rationalism being based on you know observable uh, observations or or evidence, um, and it seems clear to me that many different Buddhist traditions, particularly in the modern world, are very keen at claiming that Buddhism is a rational religion, that Buddhism is not based on faith, it's not based on uh, uh, blind acceptance of dogma or supernatural deities. Um, and that's all well and good, but it seems, but I have, I have two things to say. <laughs> First has to do with, with a sort of general Shinshu perspective, and that is that no matter how rational we try to paint Shin Buddhism, there's a lot of stuff in it that seems very much like faith. It seems very much like relying on supernaturalism. And I think that we need, we need to have that conversation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but on the other side, in a more general Buddhist sense, I think that at some point you also have to have a certain amount of faith or trust in what you're doing. That mm-hmm. no matter what kind of Buddhism you're practicing, you implicitly believe that what you're doing is going to have some result. 
And, you know, I, I know that there are people out there who claim to be enlightened and there are people out there who claim that they've had enlightened experiences or they've been transformed by Buddhism. Um, but if you haven't, if you're not one of those people, if you haven't had one of those powerful transformative experiences, then you have no personal experience with enlightenment. You've not experienced that. And so you're beginning on the path, your, your, your first few steps into practice necessarily mean that you sort of believe you have faith that this is actually going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that rubs a lot of us the wrong way in late 20th, early 24th century yeah. American society, Western society, whatever we want to call it. It's not only there. I think Japan is the same way now in a lot of ways, but yeah, that, 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 um, I don't know. I think a lot of it is, I don't want to be tricked. <laughs> Right, I don't yeah. want to be fooled yeah. by. Won't get fooled again, right? Yeah, it's and, like yeah, and I think that there's there's a certain amount of cynicism. I was just mm-hmm. reading um, online about some uh, contemporary uh, America Dharma teachers. I don't remember um, what tradition they're from, and I and I think I remember their names, but I don't want to call anybody out. But mm-hmm. um, you know, these are guys who say very clearly, "I am enlightened." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they say I've had enlightening enlightened experiences, or however they, they frame that. And I read that, and my cynicism just went off. And I was like, "Yeah, right, sure they are." <laughs> you know, and I think so. That's what you're saying is that cynicism of like not really wanting to. You know, maybe they are enlightened. I don't know. I don't know these people. I've never met them. I have no idea. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so there's that sort of immediate cynicism of anything that sort of sounds like it might be spiritual, supernatural, even if it's something that you know. As a Buddhist, I, I kind of want to believe that there are enlightened people in the world. Mm-hmm, but I don't want to be tricked, like you said. I don't want to be fooled by these charlatans who claim to be enlightened, right, 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 but right. You know, maybe they're not. You know, and I, you know, I have no way of knowing. Mm-hmm, you know, but at some point, you sort of have to have faith that this person who's telling you about enlighten, enlightenment is honest. Mm-hmm, right? Right, right. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes Buddhism gets held up as not a religion. Because many, many people distrust religion, mm-hmm. whether it's people claiming to have um, spiritual powers or insights that they don't, or, or trying to take advantage of people, or you know wars that are fought in the name of religion, or you know uh, more personal abuses that get done in the name of religion, whether it's against a, a group of people or a single person. Uh, I think a lot of people are very cynical about religion ever since the Enlightenment, yeah. really, right? If not earlier. Um, and so some, that's when sometimes Buddhism gets held up as the antidote. Right. It's not a religion. It's a way of life, right? <laughs> We've talked about this before. It's a philosophy. Uh, but part of it is holding up the more rational um, aspects of Buddhism that are certainly there. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I don't think we, I want to claim that Buddhism doesn't have that. Buddhism can be very just like cut and dried. It's not, you know, just look at yourself. Look at what's motivating you. Try and figure out why you're acting the way you're acting. There's nothing supernatural there. It's, it can be very rational. Yeah. And yet, I think there's also um, a side to Buddhism that uh, looks more, quote-unquote, supernatural or mystical. Um, and that's a problem for some people. It's not for others. Yeah. Uh, it gets explained away by some people for whom it is a problem. Uh, that you know, Oh, that's what the Asian people added on later. Yeah, right is one yeah. thing that you know oh that's just cultural and it's the you know the 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 um 
cultural baggage, I think, is the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cultural baggage, <laughs> or you know, just or even more than that, it's like what the the degenerate um, Asians who lost the way of the pure humanism that Shakyamuni was preaching added on because they needed their hocus pocus or whatever, right? Um, and you hear that a fair amount, right? Um, personally, do we want to get personal? Um, no, we're never no. personal. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like, well, Jodo Shinshu certainly um, points to something more than just the material. Yeah. Points to something more than just the rational. Uh, that uh, it's asking us to uh, recognize a deeper level of reality or a, a different level of reality than the everyday uh, that is compassionate, right? Uh, well, if you want to go in a different direction, is empty, right? To try to take away from the self-importance that we put in ourselves or in our bodies or in our things or whatever, right? Tries to cut away at that, which is critical in itself, um, but on its ultimate level is very mystical. It talks about emptiness or, mm -hmm. or light and compassion and, you know, pervading the universe. Uh, Buddhism has a lot of that language too, and I don't have a problem with it. Personally, that's kind of part of what I like about Buddhism. <laughs> uh, so, so a lot of, of um, I think, uh, what ends up happening when we talk about like humanism or the rational or whatever is what is the expectation of the person you're talking to? Mm. Or what are my expectations? What do I accept or expect about life? And am I rubbing this other person the wrong way maybe? Um, the thing I like about Buddhism is it's flexible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that when someone's totally anti-religion but they're interested in Buddhism, you can do that. And you just don't bring up some of the other stuff till later, <laughs> right? <laughs> because if you say certain things, yeah, like, like salvation off. or something, yeah, then yeah. bam, it, they, they jump to what they understand salvation to mean, mm -hmm. and then they don't like it because that's on their blacklist, right? But if you understand salvation in terms of liberation from samsara, uh, in terms of compassion, uh, in terms of like Buddha activity, then you know maybe that person will have a different understanding of it or, or come to, to understand uh, that bigger reality f from a different perspective than they had before. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. You look skeptical. <laughs> well, not skeptical. Um, I have I have I have questions that I don't have answers to. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I like what you said about um, that Buddhism is flexible and that you can you can have conversations with people to help meet their own particular needs. Um, and I feel like that's it's, it's it, that might be like a double edged sword that Buddhism can be really flexible, but it also allows you to like u like ultimately you know. Ideally, in Buddhist practice, you you sort of let go of a lot of your your own personal baggage. You let go of a lot of your own attachments, your own your own you know perspective on the world that might be delusional or whatever, um, or based in uh, ignorance or, and whatnot. To use some Buddhist terms there, um, but it seems like what that flexibility also might happen is that it allows people to sort of bring in their own cultural baggage and read into Buddhism things that aren't really there, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which can then might be a, um, a hindrance to mm -hmm. actually undoing some of those attachments that right, you have, right? right? Um, I know that there's lots of debates about as Buddhism moves into a new culture, um, how much does Buddhism adapt to that culture, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and how much does Buddhism change that culture? And, you know, obviously whenever Buddhism moves to a new country, the the culture sort of wrestles with it and... Buddhism looks different 
after a certain period of time when it comes to doing a culture, um, which is, I think, fine and very interesting. But I always sort of, I always question, like, well, what are we bringing to it, right? What are we bringing to Buddhism? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, seem, it seems to me like part of what we as Westerners bring to Buddhism, part of our own cultural heritage is some of this humanism stuff or the Enlightenment era stuff you mentioned a little while ago. And, you know, Enlightenment philosophy is, you know, it's great. It's the foundation of the United States Constitution, you know, yay us, you know, no problem with that. But in, <laughs> but implicit within Enlightenment era philosophy is this um, sort of reification of the individual, mm-hmm. right? The mm-hmm. individual is very important in Enlightenment era philosophy. The individual is very important in American culture. Um, the individual is not important at all in Buddhism, right? A, a big part of Buddhism is to get you to let go of your sense of the individuals, to get let go of your sense of an independent, you know, self and sort of deconstruct that. So I, I have these questions, like if we're going to bring our own cultural stuff to, to Buddhism, which is fine, I think we should kind of question which parts of our culture we're bringing, right? Which parts of our, our own personal baggage. If we're bringing with us the sense of self and the sense of individuality and that's very good and important well that's kind of antithetical to a lot of buddhist <laughs> teaching so that that might be a hindrance that might be a problem that might be a point of uh, a, a, an opportunity for us to really question um our own cultural background but also uh you know to question the utility of buddhism <laughs> you know maybe buddhism isn't right for us <gasps> wow you said a lot of interesting things there. We're going to have to um, defer these to the next couple episodes. Uh, but I think that uh, we, we still have a lot, a lot of stuff we can talk about, about how Buddhism perceives humanity and how that relates to how our culture perceives humanity, right? And that, um, you know, do, do they match well or, you know, are there other things we could think about? Um, this idea about that the individual is not important at all in Buddhism is like, that's a whole another podcast yeah. that I think we're going to do. <laughs> um, so... Uh, I don't know. I think this was good. This was a good um, using this kind of secular humanism, um, our limited understanding of that. And yet I think there's a lot in there that we just kind of assume uh, in you know Western culture and American culture. Uh, so this, uh, uh, I think there's a lot to be um, gotten out of this, um, looking at, at that from a Buddhist perspective and taking that perspective and looking at Buddhism. Uh, but it's going to have to wait for next time. Mm-hmm.